the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. This is the show where we give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. Very glad to have you with me today. My name is Jeremy Stalnecker. I am your host. And today we are discussing an issue that is coming up more and more. If you've paid attention to the news, particularly conservative news, uh, you have at least heard the phrase national divorce. You've certainly heard about states like Texas uh, talking about and even voting on some measures to secede from the rest of the union. Uh, This idea that we as individuals who are conservative can no longer get along with our left politicians, with those who are on the left, those who are pushing agendas on us like CRT and like so many of these other gender-related issues and so many uh, policies uh, that we can no longer deal with them. We can't live in harmony anymore that we've come to the point where a national divorce is needed. Uh, This is an interesting conversation, an interesting topic for sure, but one that I think most of us don't know a lot about. We have our own ideas of what it means to divorce (laughs) as a nation. What exactly does that look like? Thankfully, we have a guest on today who has thought about it, who does understand it, and who is going to help us think through this clearly. So grateful today to have on our special guest, David Reboy. My guest today is David Reboy, and David works at the intersection of communications and policy, specializing in national security, political warfare, influence operations, and the media, taken directly from David's bio. He's created and grown more than 20 websites and online publishing platforms, dozens of public, uh, public policy and communications campaigns. He's a writer, he's a speaker, and uh, just super excited to have you on with us, David. Thank you for taking the time. Um, the world is crazy, and you're very busy, so, so thank you for taking some time to, to talk to us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, give us a little bit of your background before we jump into uh, this topic that is, is a, a fascinating topic and uh, certainly very relevant to where we're living right now. Give us your background a little bit and how you got into uh, really the broad spectrum of work that you do. Sure. Um, for many years, I was actually a, uh, a jazz musician. From jazz to politics. It's a kind of natural, it's a kind of natural shift. Sure. But no, I mean, prior to that, I had had an education. I, 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 I got a, um, uh, I got an undergrad degree in, um, in Cold War history and, uh, and Marxism, Leninism, Eastern European, um, you know, it, it the concentration on, on, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, under yeah. communism specifically. Yeah, and, well. and, and, um, and I was kind of self-taught as a, um, as a student of, um, of Islamist doctrine. Um, after 9-11, I dove right into it. And, uh, after a period of about, uh, you know, I guess, uh, six, seven years after 9-11, I decided, you know what, I should probably make a living doing this because it, I find it, um, you know, just as interesting as, as music. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so I ended up working in the national security space, which is where I wanted to be. 
uh, specifically studying uh, the the Islamist movement uh, mm-hmm. from a doctrinal uh, perspective rather than an operational one, which is the kind of thing that most people do. And then around uh, 20, 2008, uh, 2009, 2010, I met Andrew Breitbart. Yep. Um, he changed my life. Yep. Uh, we went on to, uh, to create um, a website together called Big Peace, which was eventually kind of roped into Breitbart.com. Um, and sort of that's where my, uh, my, my communications concentration began. So s- since then, since about 2010, um, that's what I've been doing for different public policy uh, outfits and campaigns and, and kind of primarily in the national security space. But over the last couple of years, um, I realized that it's, you know, the, the United States is coming apart in many ways. Um, and, and, and our greatest, um, our greatest uh, challenges are actually internal and having to do with, uh, with um, you know, really with the great um, differences that we have um, in the uh, in, in the United States, not yeah. r- not really based on small little things or or kind of uh, you know discrete issues that that come up in the news all the time, but really big philosophical concepts that we we differ on, and we differ on to the point where they cannot coexist in a in a logical, meaningful way in, within the same country. So that leads us to you know the topic, and this is something that you have written quite a bit about. And, um, you know, your Twitter page, you're very, very active on Twitter, and a lot of your content uh, is pushed out there. And one of the uh, tweets that you recently pushed out was national divorce. It's expensive, but it's worth it. And you're talking a lot about national divorce. You're talking about, you know, these concepts um, of dealing with or maybe strategies for dealing with these differences, these philosophical differences that you just mentioned. Can you define for us or give us kind of an overview of what is meant by national divorce, or at least what you mean by it, and then why, even though it's expensive, you would say it's still worth it? Right. So, I mean, when I talk about national divorce, and, and by no means am I the only one to do so. Of course. Um, there, have been, uh, there have been a lot of folks kind of talking about this from, you know, kind of from one angle to, to another. But, but the way I look at it is it's a very useful rhetorical device to get us, meaning, you know, Americans who care about yeah. the American yeah. polity in the future. Sure. Um, to talk about things that are usually not discussed, you know, um, things that we you know, are afraid to talk about or think about because we have this, you know, expectation of, you know, what is normal, you know, we call it the Overton window, like right, what is right, acceptable right. discourse uh, um, in, uh, in, in politics. And uh, even talking about national divorce opens up and, and breaks that window to start talking about um, the things that we need to do. I mean, in my opinion, the whole point of talking about national divorce is to to get at the idea of red what I call red autonomy, which is that folks who are on the right, who are either in red states or kind of philosophically, ideologically aligned towards, um, you know, the American founding, um, you know, can can create the institutions and have, you know so that they can have the tools to maintain their life. And you know uh, their their economic life and their cultural life um, away from what is really blue hegemony when it comes to uh, you know when when it comes to dealing with large you know financial institutions and the media and big education 
and all this. I mean, there's really a um, there's really a feeling, and I think it's very real, that folks in red America are under the gun. Um, you know, they're being deplatformed from social media, which is, you know, a, you may think it's a small thing, but we what but we what what it really is is I mean, social media is where the public discourse in America takes place. Right. So when you're being banned from that, you know, when Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is being banned from, <laughs> yeah. you know, f- from from the place where uh, political discussion takes place, um, you're really subverting the political process in America. I mean, you can't just, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, it's a private institu- uh, it's a private uh, company and you can, you're, you're very free to stand on a corner and, you know, bang pots and pans and talk about, um, you know, how you feel about, uh, about politics. Like that doesn't move the needle. That doesn't win elections. That right. doesn't do anything in, in America today. So, you know, in addition to that, you've got people who are being, um, you know, companies and, and, and people who are being canceled from using their bank accounts because the banks doesn't, don't like their politics, um, you know, and on and on and on. I mean, they're, they're kind of endless examples of this. And, um, you know, so it's paramount that folks who are on the right or folks who believe in, you know, the America as, as founded um, begin to create the, the things that, that, you know, the institutions that the left has captured in order to just, you know, just to live. And talking about national divorce sort of forces this topic, which is like, okay, if you're going to divorce tomorrow, what are the things that you need Mm, in order to survive? And if you do not have them, you you know, now you should build them or you should think about building them. Yeah. Um, The musician Zuby, I'm sure you're familiar with his work. Sure, we're we're buddies, yeah. Yeah, he pushes stuff out all the time and uh, it's it's incredible. He's probably the, the... the very best at very succinctly making statements that are super powerful, and that's why so many folks follow him. But uh, he made a statement yesterday on uh, on Instagram. I'll get it wrong, but it was something like the most troubling thing about the last 20 months is that good citizens who have families and just want to be left alone are the ones that the government is coming after right now. And I, I think that speaks to your point is this may be the first time in, you know, certainly recent memory where it's the people doing the right thing, following the rules, taking care of their families, working jobs. Those are the ones who are really stepping back and going, I'm not sure I can continue to do this. I don't think we can make this anymore. And so this conversation makes a lot of sense on that level. Um, Using it as a device, though, when we talk about divorce, and I've done a lot of marriage counseling in my other life, um, Often people get to that point and they say, we'll go see a counselor. And sometimes these issues can be worked through. Do you think we're beyond the point as a nation where we need to sit down with a high powered (laughs) marriage counselor and work through it? Is it really to the point where we need to go, all right, how do we divide the the dishes and, and, you know, which weekend do you get the kids and which weekend do I get them? Are we at that point or is there there hope of moving forward? Yeah, I didn't know that you had that. that that counseling experience in your past i guess you're the perfect person to talk about this. <laughs> i didn't um, say i was good at it but <laughs> yeah. i have done it but 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 yeah i mean you know uh, two answers to that question on one level um i believe that yes it's it's you know it's it's kind of you know the marriage is beyond saving hmm. in the sense that we differ on the most basic things you know right. i mean some of the most basic things what is justice sure um, you know, justice for me is blind justice is, yeah. you know, every, everyone, everyone is presumed innocent until guilty and, 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 uh, and justice is, 
is is colorblind. Yeah. Justice for someone on the left increasingly and exclusively is based on whatever group you are, you know, um, you know, someone's guilt or innocence is based on uh, what group they belong to yeah. and, uh, you know, their history of oppression and, you know, and, and so forth. It's like these are very basic things that um, that you can't just say, OK, well, we agree to disagree. Sure. And, um, you know, but but I mean, on the other hand, too, we're clearly not ready for an immediate divorce sure you know we sure. we just uh we're, we're clearly not ready for it but but the point that i made in my piece is that it's coming and it's coming with absolute certainty you know the the, the united states is not going to be around forever just like rome was not around mm. forever yeah just like no you know um no no empire was around forever and there are many reasons for that but the basic one is that you know, all these things are human things and they come and they go and they may last a long time or they may be a little blip, um, you know, in history's uh, long span, they always end up being little blips. Yeah. And um, so once we recognize that at some point it will be over, then we have to recognize that at some point it will be too late yeah. to yeah. turn back. Right. And um, and and having that on the mind, just that question, you know, you, you can say, oh, well, we have a little more time. But even if you say, OK, we have a little more time, then you have to kind of justify it. You've got to think this through. And that's sort of the um, the the essence of what I'm trying to get at. You know, when I say that, you know, I'm using this as a rhetorical device, of I'm course. trying to get people who are on the right, who are. Um, reflexively thinking, you know, have grown up, you know, uh, reflexively thinking that, you know, yes, you know, this is a shining city on the hill. And that means that, you know, we're blessed by God. And that means that, you know, we're just always going to be great. And um, we have infinite chances mm. here. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have infinite chances. Yeah. Infinite chances don't exist. I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is mightyoaksprograms.org. What in your mind does this look like then on the other side of this? So we're running out of time. Eventually things are going to change inevitably. You know, we, we hear conversations about Texas, for instance, they're talking about uh, secession and all of these things. And I think sometimes when people hear terms like divorce or national divorce, they're thinking a dissolution of the union that each state or group of states becomes its own country. 
Is that what you're talking about, or is it more kind of the parallel uh, economy, parallel society type of idea, or maybe it's something completely different? Well, I think we're going to get a little, a little bit of both. You know, I mean, if we're taking the long view, and we agree that you know this thing is going to collapse at one point or another, mm. you know, be it next year or be it you know a hundred years from now, sure. um, we're looking at something like that. We're looking at, at you know literally the, the you know the um, you know the foundations of the place coming apart um, in the event uh, you know in an unforeseen event, you know, let's say uh, an economic uh, catastrophe sure. or you know some type of uh, some type of war or you know disease, famine, etc. Um, so I think, I mean, the eventuality is that something like that does happen. Um, what we can prepare for and what I think we should prepare for is just to be self-sufficient based yeah. on, um, you know, based on our identity as, you know, folks who are on the right, folks who live in red states, folks who believe in, you know, the, the principles of the American founding. Yeah. I mean, we're in a situation where let's say 50, you know, let's say it breaks down 50, 50, 50% of the people believe that, um, that, you know, believe that the founding of America was good. The other 50% of the people think that, you know, 1619 project yeah, and, right. and right. Uh, you know, and, uh, and everything like that. I mean, they believe that the country is fundamentally, um, you know, flawed yeah. and, and, and evil. And um, so, I mean, what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Right. What then, you know, and it's really interesting. People hear conversations like this one about a number of topics, and they think it's it's a doom and gloom thing. It's it's so down. It's so negative. I'm going to avoid it and go <laughs> go play video games or something, or watch more YouTube videos and just ignore it. Um, but there's always hope on the other side of you know predictions like this when you're looking at history. History informs us about our present, but more than that, it informs us about what potentially will be our future. And the hope is we have time, like you said, whether it's a year or, you know, we don't know. So in that, what do we do? So what does a normal, you know, American who's conservative, who cares about their family and their country, what practical steps would you say they need to take right now to begin preparing for this thing? Whether it's they, them, themselves that have to deal with it, it's their grandkids, it's whatever. What right. are the practical steps forward? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't talk about this unless I had some practical steps course, that, that yeah. everyone that everyone could take. And no, I mean, that's it's not um, a lot of folks go out and they and they um, and they make prognostications and 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 uh, identify problems that could only be fixed right. by you know, oh well, once we have control of all three branches of government, yeah, right, <laughs> and then you know, blah 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 blah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, I think I think now, as you said, everyone has the ability and, and frankly, I think the responsibility sure. to take matters into their own hands yeah. when, when it comes to um, two things in particular. Number one, make sure that if you possibly can, pick yourself up and move to a red state. Join a community where you are surrounded by people who don't despise you and your politics yeah, sure because that will change your life it will change everything about your life it will change your perceptions your happy your level of happiness all of a sudden the cloud you know <laughs> will lift and you'll be like oh my god the um it's it's it, you know it's not as bad as i thought it was you know um and and that that little bit of happiness or optimism will mm. enable you to fight 
and will enable you to uh, to sort of you know regroup in a better place and give yeah. you the the mental energy and the fortitude to to uh, to continue. So that's one. Yeah. Number two, um, let's say you know one A or one B. <laughs> if you already live in a red state and a red community, make sure to get to know your neighbors. Yeah, it's good. And to build local things you know one of i think i think the, the future of america or the future of whatever we are in america um is the translation of digital networks into real life communities we've already built the digital networks very well we're all friends on facebook and, and we yeah. comment on twitter and on youtube and whatever now we go and we get to know the people who are around us within you know physical proximity and yeah. we build uh, uh, trust and networks and we say, okay, you know, uh, Tom, who owns the pizzeria is, uh, you know, it agrees with us on politics. Let's patronize his place. Let's use Johnny the plumber. And, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's go to Susie's nail salon because that's where she, you know, because we want her to make a living and we want her to do well because she is one of us. Yeah, that's right. So, so that's one B. And I would say two <laughs> is, um, uh, a two is to if you any company where you work or let's let's say you own a company if it's a small company or medium size whatever it could be a, a multinational um, figure out a way that you to what to use this company to advance your ideology to advance the principles that you believe in figure right. out how to do it it doesn't have to be on a grand scale you know if you have a little shoe company um, market towards folks on the right because yeah. nike markets you know toward to folks on the left and when you buy a pair of nike shoes all the advertising says it's right in your face it says these shoes are not for you if you're on the right <laughs> right 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 um so so there's a market for this i mean 73 million people voted for donald trump i mean that's like the population of france and france has its own um you know banks and insurance yeah. companies and uh, you know perfume companies and i mean whatever you can think of they yeah. they have because they've decided that 73 million people or 60 million people is enough to sustain all of these businesses and yeah. and it is so you know what we need to do is you know if you're in business if you have a business figure out how to sell to folks on the right explicitly that's what yeah. i would say yeah those are great um I live in Southern California, so not a red state. I don't know if you're aware of that, but we're not a red state. <laughs> uh, but we live in uh, where we are right now is in southwest Riverside County. Um, so a very conservative community. In fact, it's extremely conservative. The city of Marietta, um, our sheriff has said he will not enforce any of the COVID stuff. Um, you walk around, there's not a mask to be found anywhere. I was recently in Los Angeles County, and it, it was oppressive. I mean, when you talk about the feelings of the clouds parting and all of that, man, the oppression, and it's crazy from one community to another, this area that, that we're in is exploding. People moving out of communities like that, staying in California, but moving to conservative communities where they can be involved. And you go to a community event here, and um, man, it's, it's unbelievable, just the camaraderie of the people and the way that businesses are supported. So what you're, what you're saying makes so much sense. I was in Orange County. My daughter goes to college in Orange County. There is a small restaurant in Orange County that has a, a large sign hanging in their window. Um, 
if you are for vaccines and for <laughs> for uh, masks and for whatever, this is not the restaurant for you. It's something mm. like that. And mm. and there's a line out the door all of the time. And I think that speaks to what you're saying is, uh, you know, find a way to connect to your people, um, whoever yes. your people are. And that's and, and again, some would say that's un-American. That is the the essence of our founding documents, isn't it? It's it's to be American is the freedom to do that. Um Man, that's awesome. I really appreciate I uh, that conversation. It's incredible. No, that's great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, where can people follow your work and uh, learn more um, about this topic and the many other topics that you you discuss and, and uh, kind of break down? Sure. You can go. Uh, I guess the easiest thing to do is follow me on Twitter, which is uh, Dave Raboy. Uh, and then right behind me is Late yeah. Republic Nonsense, which is the name of my Substack. And uh, if you subscribe, that would be great. That's awesome. Dave, thank you so much. Uh, Hopefully we can talk again. Really enjoyed it. For sure. Me too. Yes, sir. What a fascinating conversation. Sometimes, if you're like me, you hear these phrases, phrases like national divorce, and you hear a lot of uh, phrases and kind of ideas and philosophies thrown around that you don't really understand. And so many pundits don't understand them either. They just use them almost as weapons against uh, whoever it is they're opposing. (laughs) If you're on the right, you oppose the left. If you're on the left, you oppose the right. And you use these ideas against them. Uh, Man, so thankful for guests and for folks who are out there, like David, who have actually thought through these, who understand them, uh, who, who understand not only the limitations, but what we need to do in response to so many of these ideas. And uh, man, grateful for this conversation. Uh, some things to take away for you today. This is the Situation Report. Uh, number one, David made this very, very clear, and I think anyone who is paying attention would agree that things are changing that this nation we love will no longer be what it once was, that things are changing to a point that decisions need to be made. We talk about political decisions that need to be made, uh, but more importantly, perhaps, are the individual decisions that need to be made. We as Americans, we as citizens, and those of us who are conservative, need to accept what is coming and make the necessary adjustments. So then I asked David, what are these adjustments that need to be made? How do we prepare for this? And uh, I love that he said, you know, so many people talk about problems without solutions. I love people who talk about solutions because that's really what it's all about. If we're going to give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture, well, you need more than just problems. So there are some solutions. David gave us a 1-1-B and then A2, and uh, I love these. Uh, First of all, he said, find yourself in a conservative community. Assuming you are conservative, move to a conservative community. Maybe this means moving to another state. If you can, many people are. Perhaps, as in the case of many who live even here in California, it's moving to a community within the state that is conservative with folks who share your ideology, people who think the way that you do and act the way that you do. And as you get into that community, the clouds will part. Things are not as bad as they sometimes feel. Uh, That was a great point. Uh, That was 1A. 1B was then, once you're in that community, get to know the others who are in that community. Don't go there to hide. Get to know the others who live there. Connect with people who think like you and act like you and want to raise families the way that you want to raise your family. Get to know in real life, not just uh, from social media, but in real life, get to know those that you are living your life around. What a great point. And then the third point, or number two, after 1A and 1B, uh, was very simply, if you have a business, cater to those 
that share your ideology. Find ways to serve those in your community who think the way that you think. And as you do that, your community becomes closer, your world in a lot of ways becomes smaller, and you have the ability to move forward regardless of what may happen politically around the country in the future. Such great points. Very, very thankful for this conversation and thankful for David. Go check out his website. Check out uh, his social media. A lot of tremendous information to help you navigate a culture that certainly is changing. Thank you for joining me today. Look forward to talking to you next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.